Welcome to Extra Points with your host, Cousin Sal, and his pals, Dave Damashek and Charlotte Wilder. All right, welcome to Extra Points Podcast, part of the Extra Points Podcast Network. Cousin Sal here coming to you live. It's not going to be live because you're listening to it. There's just no way it's live, but it's live for me. It's live for Dave Damashek. It's live for Charlotte Wilder. What's cooking, guys? Hey, what's happening? To, I, You know, I feel like last night, Thursday night, was the best night of sports that we've had in five months. Is wow. That, is, that, is that too much? I thought it was very exciting because there were stakes. You felt the import of uh, the last mm. few minutes of all the games that we were looking at. Yeah, there was a lot going on there, uh, Charlotte, right? I mean, Dame Lillard took over. Uh, he already won over everybody's hearts. He's vying for the eighth seed and the right to play the Lakers, in which I think they're going to lose in five games now that I see how little defense they play. But you were impressed with Dame. I know you're all over this guy for weeks now. I was I was super impressed with Dame. I also I was impressed with myself because it's very typical Charlotte fashion to like fall asleep early on the night that everything oh no. happens all oh. at once. <laughs> and I was I saw everything. I saw every major moment. I saw the Bruins absolutely blow it. I saw Dame. I saw, you know, I, I just really felt in there part of the mix in the conversation. Great feeling, Sal. Great feeling. Wait a minute. Dude. What do you mean you felt you felt it? You felt it in your sleep? You said you fell asleep. How did no, you? No, no, no. Usually I do. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I usually fall asleep gotcha. before these big things happen. Uh, and I last gotcha. night I was just right in the mix and it felt it felt great. It's better than sleep, right? For the most part, who needs sleep? Yeah, no one needs sleep. They, yeah, Aunt, Aunt Char usually, Aunt Char usually, you know, after happy hour, she is uh, deep in the bottom of that bottle there, you know, wait, oh, yeah. what happened? But no, that's good for you. That, <laughs> yeah, and it was a good one to see because I thought Dame really, I feel like legitimately, again, I just said best night in sports in five months, maybe, and uh, uh, more hyperbole for you. Watching Dame play last night i mean steph curry was pulling up from 30 ish 35 ish mm -hmm. uh a couple of years ago it's kind of like the odell one-handed catch you know you never saw anybody do that in the nfl um for uh, in all the years of great catches and yeah. now everybody makes that is this now then setting is this now extending our expectations for what is a uh a perimeter player now? or guys now going to be lobbing up 40 foot I, it's it's insane that anybody could do that within within a a, a a rational human being could think like, yeah, this is the best bet for for the team right now is for me to shoot yeah. it to 40 and make it with any amount of consistency. It makes my head spin. They, well, they, I know you remember this predates Charlotte, but that was a 90, 91 uh, Razorbacks, Arkansas Razorbacks. I think they'd have the hog on the court, on their home court. They'd have well beyond the three-point line. <clears throat> the arc they'd have a hog and like Todd Day and Lee Mayberry is right. Richardson's team. They were like set up by the hot. Now it seemed like they were up by 25 points when they would start showing off there, but not <laughs> in crunch time. Not when Portland's about to be eliminated Dame. And I want to get into Dame is Dame the best name to say Dame, people like saying Dame, like he's their buddy. Steph is another good one. Odell is another good one. You just used it in the last uh, minute, mm. but Dame is fun. It's fun to say Dame. It's like your pal. You're talking about your pal Dame, right? I think it's I think that people love um you see it actually most in golf, I think. Like yeah. people, you know, when you go when you go to a tournament and guys are cheering, they're like, "Here we go, Phil," or like, mm -hmm. "Come on, Brooksy," and you're like, "What? 
Like you didn't go to college with these guys. And right. I think that a dame is like a real it's like, yeah, no, we're we're pals. Like we go way back. And and yeah. I, I think it makes people feel um, special and a, and a part of something. Yeah. Speaking of special, uh, it's very special. You are undefeated. This is bet, best bet Friday. Now, we're not in mm-hmm. football season yet, but we are pretty close, as is evident by Hard Knocks debut. We're getting closer than we even want to be right now. But you are undefeated, undefeated in your bets. And I don't know. I, I almost feel like I always thought it'd be cool, Dave, to have like a you you raise a boy when he gets to seven years old, you have him take one free throw or have him take one shot. And if he makes it, he never does it again. Just so like, OK, you can never play basketball again. I want you to have a, a thousand free throw percentage. Charlotte, do you feel that way? Do you want to quit now or do you want to keep going? No, you know, I first of all, I think you can do that with a girl, too. Right. You can just no, no. have her. No, it's got to be boy. <laughs> just boys. Just yeah, I'm boys. Sorry. Well, girls have to keep going and be better. Boys, right. you're like, no, you're good. <laughs> um, I part of me wants to just quit and be like, I've never lost a bet uh-huh. because you know, two two right off the bat felt great. But right. I'm so competitive that what I really want to do is just keep betting and never lose. Like yeah. I want to, I want to okay. just like be undefeated which I think is how you become a degenerate gambler. I might be wrong, but it that feels sure right. sure as shit is. That's exactly how it works. <laughs> you want, I'm like, maybe this is not healthy for me personally. Oh, poor Charlotte. The hooks are into her. There are no pulling them out now. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is. And it's more, and Dave, it's like, you know, fantasy football too. It's, it's bragging rights too. And it, it, it's now more than if you were secretly going off and playing taking bets and uh, I'm sorry, playing horses and none of your friends knew about it. Um, <laughs> no, now you're showing off in front of us it adds another layer to it. Uh, yeah, you should definitely quit, but I'm going to warn you now. Now you had, you had a nice bet. You went two and zero last week. It was fake mm-hmm. starting soon, starting next week. We're going to have stakes. We're going to, it's going to hurt. It's got to hurt a little bit. It's the only way this works. It's Are you going to teach me how to put actual money on stuff? I'm going to teach you. Yeah. Yeah. None of this silly. Oh, whoa. whoa, oh, I don't get what's going on here. Now you're, you're going to be <laughs> grizzled and ready to go this time next week. We're going to okay. figure something out. But in the meantime, uh, it, the, I agree. I, you show, know what? I can't but, wait for this, Sal, because it's the, it, it's the equivalent, I guess, of being on a game show of watching Jeopardy from home versus being yes. on Jeopardy. Mm-hmm. I imagine like, oh, it's very easy to. Oh, I know. They, how did they not know that one? That's so easy. But right. when you're under the white hot light, yep. now you will be under the white hot light when you have $17,000 yes. attached to the- Seventeen thousand. Then, yeah. then Charlotte, you will reconsider and it'll That's make you a little more That's the magic number. $17,000. I, uh, <laughs> I said this to you before we started recording, but if I had 17, 20 grand to blow on gambling, I would already have like five boats and a bunch of credit card debt. So I don't, <laughs> I don't think that- um, I mean, but you never know. You never know. You'd like, I'm surprised. not going to put it past myself. Right? <laughs> You'd be surprised how out of whack <laughs> the priorities get once you uh, once you get addicted to gambling. But best bet Friday. Uh, we're going to talk NFL. We're going to talk baseball, a little hockey in there. Playoffs going on. Jeff Schwartz, former player. Yes. Yes. Gambler. He got in there, too. He played. They told him for years. No, don't you ever gamble. We'll kick you the hell out of this league. And now he's the hell out of the league and he's gambling. And he's going to talk to us about how we should feel about college football because I'm confused. I'm not a stupid man. I'm not I'm not smart. I don't need to be in Congress or anything, but for God's sakes, I really am having trouble figuring this out. Uh having trouble figuring out the NBA too. There's a first of all, Friday night odds. I'll go through them. These games don't mean anything. Pacers heats a pick 'em. Clippers minus six over OKC. I don't know why they would start anyone. Rockets four and a half over the Sixers. 
But um, as we mentioned, um, Dame Lillard and his Portland Trailblazers finished off the Nets. Crazy game last night. Lavert had the last shot to beat him to knock him out of the playoff, the playoff play-in game, and he missed. It was a lousy, lousy shot. The Nets went down. Portland minus seven over Memphis. Now here's what has to happen. Memphis has to beat him twice in a row to advance to play the Lakers. Otherwise, it's Portland, LA Lakers. Not exactly what the NBA wanted. They wanted the Pelicans, right? The Pelicans, they put it on a platter for the Pelicans. They basically threw the Pelicans a surprise party at their house. And then the Pelicans showed up and said, hey, this is nice, but I had a long day at work. I'm just going to go to sleep, right? You mind if I go? <laughs> that's, that's exactly what happened. And now the Pelicans are out, but better, I think. Better, I think, for the NBA if it's Portland Lakers, right? I mean, the way Dame's been playing, yeah, don't you think? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. You get the one star player. This is he's going to win MVP of the bubble, and there were odds on that too. But it was like two to one. I think he's for sure has to grab it. Well, talk about one name recognition and all that. Ja ain't a bad uh, fallback either. Ja's game. So, so, so that's um, that's grand. I'm looking forward to all that getting rolling. But let's assume it's the Trailblazers, and now the buzz has already begun. And I think Charles Barkley, I think, has already gone uh, with Portland over the Lakers in round one is already uh, making that pick or however we want to cut. What is it? What are we calling it? Round it'll one? Be right. That'll be round one. Yeah, I think so. Ra- yeah. Round one. I, you know, already at the, the curmudgeon in me, the cynic in me already says, well, that would be bad. That would be a bad result for the NBA. Mm-hmm. If the eight seed with all these, all this nonsense, Phoenix, are they going to make it or whatever? Yeah. And it, whoever the eight seed, let's say it's Portland. If they knock off the one seed Lakers, I think it's going to um, chip at the credibility of the whole tournament. And then I have a different mind. Like, th- we all understand this is different. And 20 years from now, we'll all look back and say, yeah, that one year was different anyway. Yeah. Um, all that being said, uh, this hot hand, this one player kind of thing gives me the, it, it reminds me of sort of like Michael Vick on Virginia Tech playing against Florida State in the Sugar Bowl mm-hmm. or John Elway dragging bum teams in Denver to Super Bowls that they had no business being in. If Dame can knock off this Lakers, this will be this will be one of the all time individual efforts, which isn't to say that uh, Portland doesn't have some nice talent otherwise. Right. But it it's taken on that shape, right, that it's kind of Iverson against the Lakers at the turn of the millennium that maybe that he's going to that maybe he's just going to um pull a one-handed knockout on 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 this uh unbeatable yeah. Lakers team. Charlotte he had 300 points a little over 300 points in 8 games, 51, 61 and then he slacked off a little 42 last night in his last 3 games. A lot of fun. I don't think they play enough defense. I think I think they lose in like 5 or 6. Um, but this is, uh, yes, the NBA doesn't need LeBron. The NBA needs LeBron into November or whenever this w- weird season goes into, right? Yeah. It was funny when, uh, the, the Blazers won on a, a Dame defensive play. Like yeah. he had that steal at the end of the game and everyone was like, mm, not familiar <laughs> with this. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I do think I agree that the one player thing makes me a little nervous because all it takes is one thing going wrong or one injury or one off day. And um, and, and I think that with with that kind of situation, mentality plays so much. So like, say, Dame, say something goes wrong. He's a bad game that compounds on itself. Like there, there's a lot of psychology, I think, that goes into it. I do think the bubble is a unique situation and maybe allows guys um 
you know, maybe maybe part of it is that it's easier to focus like you can you can have this sort of incredible streak because it's a repeatable format in a way that they're they really haven't had before. Um, I I don't know. I, I feel kind of I know playoff LeBron is playoff LeBron, but I, I actually kind of think there is a chance that the Blazers can really? do this. I feel yeah, I feel like if if the Lakers don't get it together, if AD doesn't start playing better, if LeBron doesn't start playing better, if Dame keeps going off, if CJ McCollum, he's been playing really well. Like I, I don't think uh, right now I'm kind of inclined to take the Blazers over wow. over the Lakers. And and I don't know that that makes a ton of sense, but it's the gut thing. I mean, it's the gut. Tattoo bet. Sal versus Charlotte. (laughs) Tattoo bet. I love this. This is what we need to do. This could be your first big upset because I saw some hypothetical odds on it and the Lakers are a minus 500, minus 550, which means on the take back, Charlotte, you'll get close to uh, four to one, three and a half, four to one for your Portland wager. Wow. That's pretty good. I might have to do it. I might have to do it. Okay. All right. If you're confident. I already don't know really legitimately. I'm overthinking this series a little bit because I'm with you ultimately, Sal. The the Blazers just aren't going to be able to handle them defensively and aren't going to be able to bang with them. But really, who are you throwing if you're the Lakers at Dame? I mean, the same question exists for any team about to play the Blazers right now. What are you going to do about Dame? But but practically, who are you checking – that guy yeah. with when he when he's throwing up 40 foot shots right now. Right. Well, I guess the idea is just let him get his 42. Just make sure he doesn't right. get 62, you know, and you, <laughs> you'll be all right. You'll be in the same shape as the Nets were at the end of that game, at least. Um, I want to talk about the Suns for a second. There's a lot of controversy. Poor Suns went eight. No, they're invited to the bubble. They go eight. No, and they can't get in now. I don't blame the NBA too much. They didn't count on Portland and Phoenix going what uh 16 uh, 14 and 2 in the bubble that wasn't on their agenda they probably didn't figure that far but jeff probe snuffs their torches and says get the hell out of here phoenix thanks for coming you should have played a little harder in uh back in february right very sad i like the idea of that too because it fits nicely with their logo with the sun he can distinguish it jeff probe's coming in there like that (laughs) Yeah, I mean that it, it really is a bummer because obviously we are a nation of short-term memory havers and so we're uh, how are the Suns not in? They just went at 8 now and right. it's funny how we've marginalized not, I mean it makes sense I guess that that was all 5 months ago but it's like yeah that still counted what happened back sure. there but it feels unsatisfying. It's like yeah, but shouldn't that just count for half now given recency bias and all that? It's it, it feels unjust on some level that the Suns ain't in this thing after going 8-0 now. Don't they have the same regular season record now as the Grizzlies or there, there's another yep. team in a, in a play-in round that has yeah. a record like that. So I got a little annoyed when, you know, I tweeted like the NBA should make um, you know, amend the format just for the 8-0 Suns and someone was like, "Oh, really?" and then like tweeted their regular season record at me and I was like, "Yeah, go to hell. That's the same as like that's the same as the Grizzlies. I I also think this is different. This is so like you can't say that the bubble is the same thing right. as a regular season. I'm sorry. Everything is completely different now. And I think that with with players like TJ Warren, mm-hmm. he he doesn't do well in front of crowds like that's his Achilles heel. Well, guess what? There were no crowds in the bubble. So now right. you have a Suns team that is radically different from the one you had before. And. Someone had this idea. Someone tweeted at me. They were like, the Suns and the Grizzlies should have had a play-in round to play the Blazers. 
Um, I initially I thought that's how it was yeah. going to go when I read the rules. And I'm like, oh, that my God, this could go till Thanksgiving if they just play and play and play. And which I think is kind of going to be what the case in baseball if they if they make it to the finish line there. But yeah, that isn't I think they just ran out of days. They're really trying to fit this other series in this weekend before the playoffs show up. But Charlotte, you said the bubble is different. Have you seen the stipulations in terms of who the <laughs> players are allowed to invite in the definition of family and established long-standing personal friends. Uh, this is asking for trouble, right? Yes. Oh my God. I lost my mind when Woj tweeted out the, um, you know, it was, you're allowed to bring your family. You're allowed to bring long-standing established personal friends, which personally I like to bring people I just met like two hours ago, but <laughs> that is apparently what they are guarding against because I've never seen a league try to find an elegant way to say, um, sorry, you can't invite the Instagram model that you've been sliding into her DMs, even though you've never met. So they tried to put all these things in where it's like you had to have met in person before. And then, you know, some guy's going to try to Photoshop a picture like right. I'm just I'm just so excited for that. But I also think it, it very um, something I don't totally get is like, how is someone you've been sliding into their DMs on Instagram, if everybody has to quarantine, how is someone you've met before less likely to have the virus than like someone you haven't? I mean, you, if you follow the protocol, like honestly, like who cares? I don't know. Oh, believe me. I think you're 100% spot on. And Dave knows some of my childhood friends and they are my longstanding childhood for established friends are much more of a COVID risk than like you said, anybody <laughs> I would have met in the, in the first couple hours. But yeah, this is a, this is weird, and I think there's going to be some violations here. Well, that, you know, <laughs> the, the best thing is this uh, Seahawks rookie guy yeah. uh, doing that, too. But um, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's, I, I don't know what reality <laughs> we're trying to reside in here that uh, the 23-year-old guys aren't going to be trying to do that. And it puts the rest of us in a weird position where we have to be um, where, where, where their teammates are policing them and everything. it's, it's yeah. all very weird. Yeah. It went, <laughs> let's see how this uh, next month goes on. Here. So you brought, be- you brought him up, uh, the Seahawks cornerback, the rookie cornerback, Kima Severin. I'm killing that name. I know I am. Kima Severin. He was busted bringing a lady into the hotel room. I Wait, know, I thought she was a Seahawk. Well, so what did he <laughs> do? He, he dressed her as a player and tried to bring her in. He threw a jersey over and a, and a helmet. How far did he go with this? She wasn't wearing like thigh pads and stuff. As she? I understand. Yeah, I don't know. But I mean, it, it what it immediately reminded me of was um, Cousin Sal. I mean, because, of course, uh, if you dressed her up like, um, y- you know, I, 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 a Cliff Averill, yeah. you know, it would be like, well, that that doesn't cut <laughs> the figure of a of a six, three defensive right. end. So it would have to be a kicker. If you're do- if you're really doing the math, if you're yeah. an expert criminal doing this, it would be a kicker, right? And that reminded me of Sal many years ago went to um the Super Bowl and the Patriots and Panthers played and he put on a John Casey jersey and sat down at media day and uh some media members went up and started to interview him as though he was actually John Casey the place kicker yeah. for the Carolina Panthers. And if I'm not mistaken, they gave you a lifetime ban. Is they that sure true, did. Sal? They did. I was banned from really? media day. Yeah. Media days for life. <laughs> I showed oh my up. God. I pretended to be John Casey. John Casey hadn't come out yet. So, you know, the local report, the, the people who knew what they were doing, they just ignored me, laughed or didn't laugh or whatever. But I had the foreign press all over me thinking I was John Casey. I was talking <laughs> to them how I was at strip clubs the night before. 
Uh, it doesn't really matter if the Panthers win because I have a big bet on the Patriots. And I guess this got out there. <clears throat> and then I see John Casey himself in the stands talking to reporters. And I did the whole bit where, hey, why are you talking to this guy? I'm the real John Casey. And eventually um, he wasn't very happy with me, especially when he heard about the strip club stuff, because he's a, he's a, a very good relationship with Jesus Christ. So um, mm. he was not, he, yeah, he wasn't pleased. I was banned from media day. I was kind of banned from football for a while. I couldn't go to Cowboys training camp. Word got no back way. to me like, yeah, you're, you're, it's weird that when your own team hates you, it's, it's a very strange feeling, but um, that's what happened. And uh, yeah, that's what's happened with this guy. The Seahawks ate him. Now he was a rookie. He wasn't drafted. I think he got $2,000 signing bonus. So uh, he, I don't know that it, he was in it for the long haul anyway. Um, the thing that got me and we, we got, we were very excited. Dave, you know, Tom Pelissero. I do. You do. He wrote, I, I think he broke the news to keep Severin saying hey, they cut this guy for bringing a woman in. And what was his reaction? You've got to be fucking kidding me. He said it. He said I mean, it. That's three in one week, Sal. That's three in one week. He said yeah. it in a quote tweet, right? Didn't he quote tweet Tom yeah. to say that? Yeah, he did. So good. So good. It's Do you so think? I mean, he had to have listened to the podcast, right? Well, so now I, we we joke and we joke and we joke, but this is three now. What'd you say? In a week, we had Justin Thomas, yes. uh, and we highlighted that. Then we had the bat, the fourth string tight end for the. Um, for, I'm sorry, the Chargers, right? Chargers. Chargers, yeah. yeah. He gets cut on hard knocks, says those exact words. And now this, and another huge story, NFL story, the same words. We're talking about trying to figure out a T-shirt. Um, Jim Cunningham, something. What, what are we doing with a T-shirt? We have to figure it out. We we want those words, maybe not the actual F curse, but the whatever, the asterisk and everything. And then we're going to have like a ball on the end of a, T, uh, a cup, like almost coming in. And then Charlotte, I think, had the idea to make it like a campaign slogan or 2020. You you have to be you must be effing kidding me. We got a lot of ideas, Jim. Do you have anything? YGB FKM doesn't really. Yeah, doesn't really roll off the tongue. Get yeah, you got it. You got to almost spell it out. You have to do it. Although I will say, I think it's a good idea for us to keep this going, to have a YGB FKM moment of the week. So, oh, yeah. I think we should I do love that. that. I like that. I, I don't like know that. if that's a Friday thing or if that's a Monday thing, but uh What if we call it, what if we just call it um FKM? Yeah, 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 maybe. That that's easier to memorize, I think. You know. <laughs> I'm, I'm should it should that be should that be sort of like the tagline or whatever of this show? Should it be like we are effing kidding you? You know, like something <laughs> oh, like that. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? Extra points, you know. Yeah. Yeah, we are effing kidding you. I like or, that. Or maybe speaking of media day, um, I you know, I like to go and ask dumb questions to players yes. at media. Maybe that's what we could just start dispatching people to all press conferences, all Zoom calls and everything else. And be like, yeah, I have a question. Uh, uh, Damashek from Extra Points. Are you effing kidding me? Like just to everybody. Like, what? I love are it. Are you effing kidding me? I yeah. love it. I ask my kids that all the time. <laughs> Slipping on Legos and stuff. Um <laughs> I like it. The bigger picture, though, is this is is the NFL. Is this going to work if this is we're not even we haven't even gotten to September yet. And the, the fellas are so, so pent up and they have to bring women into the uh, hotels and they're going to have to do this for five months. Um, what what is going on? This is not the NBA. This is the NFL traveling week to week to week. 
I mean, it's going to be such a spectacular disaster. I can't. Even, but like I try to put myself in in players. mind. Like I, I think back to when I was 21, 22. Mm-hmm. Um, I I like to think it would be really nice if I could say, yeah, you know, I would have been very responsible. Like I definitely would have taken coronavirus seriously to a certain extent. But if it came down to it and there was someone I had, you know, was interested in bringing into my little hotel room, like I probably would have also tried to sneak them in in a Seahawks jersey, which would have yeah. been weird because I'd be on the Patriots. But that would have been know, strange. I yeah. Well, and especially if you thought you can get away with it. Right. That's yeah, the thing. If you to- I mean, right. and when you're 21, 22, you think you can get away with everything. Right. Here's the thing. And no jive. Let's 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 establish once and for all properly and formally and for all of time going forward that this is a a jive free zone. Is that fair, Charlotte? Jive. I'm not even entirely sure I know what that means. Dave. (laughs) Uh, I I say you're going to be slippery on this one. Okay, fine. Let me ask you something and be honest with me, Charlotte. Yeah. Have you in your automobile sent a text message? while moving in the last year or so. Yes, absolutely. You've texted and drive. But when you drive by other people on the freeway, do you do you think, do you tisk tisk at them? Do you when you drive by oh, them? Yeah. Like, Come the on. Minutes, I the mean minutes. that's you're gonna kill somebody with that stuff. Right. I mean look yeah. I, uh, hey, <clears throat> guess what? Guess what, Charlie? I just saw somebody who's gonna kill somebody <laughs> on the freeway. Like you text out. Yeah. This is this is I think this is like maybe the chief example in the twenty first century of like I am outraged morally and otherwise by what other people are doing. And you kind of are have it, that out of body experience that it's not you actually doing that. And sometimes you catch yourself like, what the hell am I doing? I, I, I can't believe other people do it and I'm doing it right. I'm like, what the hell am I doing? I think that's exact. You know, these guys are going to narc on each other. They're going to tell on each other and they're policing and it's at the player level. You got to be why, but what, where it's going to be most difficult is with the man in the mirror. They're not going Ooh. to uh, pl- Michael Jackson. Michael no, Jackson. That exactly. exactly. Uh, why didn't you just say that? <laughs> the ghost of Michael Jackson is the committee. I don't know what it. Uh, I don't know what any of it means. But so yes, no, no jive zone. I get it. Yeah. I think no I think twenty two year olds have, or, or you know, uh, <clears throat> Dave Damashek would have a different standard for himself than he would for all of you guys. Like, what are you doing? You're gonna blow blow football. I mean, I can do it. Well, maybe that's it. Maybe that's the bigger point. Like maybe, maybe this doesn't get worse. It's bad right now because players are so cutthroat. Everyone's trying to make the team, make the top 53. Uh, hey, we're going we're gonna to rat on anybody who's doing anything untoward, right? Hopefully not a chance. No. Did a player rat him out? Is that how? Well, no, I, I just think that that's going to be another uh, layer of it, but no, mm-hmm. I don't think, I don't yeah, think yeah. a player, I don't know how it happened. I mean, the, the big brother <clears throat> aspect of it, um, is I, that's, I guess we haven't heard the details of that. They saw like somebody saw on yeah, a right. secret camera that that's what it was like. That is maybe the best policing of all of this. I hate to say policing when it comes to <clears throat> pro football and them doing something that normal 22 yeah. year old people are doing. But, um, but yeah, I mean like, so there are eyes in the sky watching all this big brothers watching all this. That's got to spook the players. They're like, Wait, yeah. who did? Who saw this? Who's the one who called this out? Now, the mo- the movie version of this um, sets up that the lady that he brings into the room actually tries out for and makes the Seahawks. <laughs> and then Kima Siverin is says, aha, I did bring a Seahawk into my room. 
Joke's on you. Uh, and then we move forward from there. Um, yeah, it doesn't look good. But if we do get to this actual playing of football, and they have odds still, Chiefs plus 650, Ravens plus 700, my Cowboys 17 to 1, Dave. They signed Everson Griffin. What what a, a billionaire Jerry Jones pickpocketing the NFL and signing him a one-year $6 million. Yeah, the, the things that had to happen for them to grab him off the wire like that are phenomenal. I think he's MVP right now. Fire Jason Garrett. You're, the, the dynamic C.D. Lamb is brought into the mix. And now this, this is tremendous. And add to it, the Cowboys are going to have fans. And I don't think no one, in the, no one else in the NFC East is going to have fans. That's the plan right now. Is that fair? I think it's very, very fair. I do. Why do you think <laughs> it's fair? <laughs> I think because my Cowboys suck and we need every single advantage we can get to get to that whatever Super Bowl, whether it's a pandemic Super Bowl or otherwise. But no, I don't I don't actually think it's fair. I don't know. I don't know how you could let this happen, but um, I, I get that Jerry's world costs a lot and they need to make some money back. Is that the, is well, that the only thing? Part of me kind of feels like if there's anywhere this could work, Jerry world is huge enough that like, yeah. I don't know if you if you get some ventilation going and you space people like four miles from other people inside the stadium, like maybe I don't know. I I feel like, guys, I, I'm at a point where I don't know anything like there is not there is no knowledge in my brain where I can make anything make sense. I'm like, should they play football? Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know. Should there be fans there? I don't know. Yeah. Like, are we going to make it through the end of 2020? I don't know. Like, I really am just I have no answers. And I think I'm exhausted <laughs> trying to think that I do have answers. It is strange because I'm sorry that we, we <laughs> I set up this dumb podcast and I'm like, this is the, you're exactly right. Like everything we thought we should know the answer to and have like be hell bent on having points for like. I don't know. I don't know what to think. <laughs> I'm going to change my mind. I, I came out strong with a college football stance and Jeff Schwartz is going to change my mind in 15 minutes. And I don't know about the fans and I don't know about bringing players into the room or uh, girls into the room. Well, first of all, in general, I think that the phenomenon of home field advantage in football, I mean, versus in baseball is always is always bizarre to me on the human level that it makes that big a difference and whether you have people cheering for you or not. And I, and, and I can't really measure if it is the che- the, the actual cheering that you get um, the plot that you get from 75,000 or whatever in the moment, or if it's the comfort of home or, or, or whatever it is, but NFL should be different than NBA and NHL playing in the bubble. So I'm interested to see the impact that, I mean, by the way, like, so baseball, Fenway Park has a short left field porch with the tall wall. Right. So it makes sense that you would have a different batting average there. Dimensions versus Tiger are Stadium and everything else. Right. It's all it's the old uh, Gene Hackman in, in Hoosiers thing, though. It's like it all measures the same. How does home field matter at all? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I'll tell you this. I'm, I'm just buying time because what really like we've talked about already a couple of weeks ago at this moment. The NFL and its makeup in the 21st century makes it so that it's much easier to acknowledge which teams are definitely not going to. It's easier to say which teams are definitely going to be good versus which teams are definitely going to be bad. Because as I Mm -hmm. think about the Cowboys and are they going to be good this year? Well, the Eagles are going to be good. The Giants are super interesting. The the defense for D.C. at minimum is going to be a handful to manage. And they've got some interesting pieces. And what if Dwayne Haskins blows up? I, 
it's uh, that that is uh, representative of the whole NFL. I I can't make sense of who's going to be good and right. now now add in the layer of 2020. Now it's completely out of whack. I, yeah. I, it really is hard to fathom who's going to be good. But the bottom line is, Sal, I think your Cowboys should be good. Although now I wonder if Jerry regrets not locking up Dak long term because now he's in this interesting spot of like he has extra pressure. Dak does to secure his future yeah. with America. I don't team, think he, so. I don't think Jerry regrets it now. I think he'll regret it in a couple of years or something. I think he's okay. I, Dak's not the kind no, of guy I, I might say. I don't think Jerry yeah. Jones ever has regretted a he single regretted thing anything. his entire life. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think Jerry Jones knows what regret means. No. If, if something goes wrong, it's not his fault. Right, right, exactly. Well, I tell you what, I don't know about, I'm, I like the advantage of having fans, but I'm willing to sacrifice it for the safety of the players and for the duration of the league in mind. And that's why we are targeting Bubble Rock, right in your backyard, Charlotte. Bubble Rock, it's mm -hmm. the Bubble Rock Trail, right? In Maine, and uh, right part of Acadia Park. And we talked to young Jenna Young from the Side Street Cafe. She's an owner. We talked to her the other day. We asked her if she'd be willing to have us. She was very, very excited. I mean, she was like, oh, my, I almost feel like if we let her down, I'm like, I don't know what this woman's going to do if we don't actually end up in Maine. No, she was uh, she she had a, a few reservations, uh, one of which was the terrain wasn't conducive to maybe a playing field. There wasn't a lot of room. There wasn't a stadium that seemed to be an issue. Um, I don't know, Charlotte, you grew up there. I bet when you were in Maine, was it enough to have the Patriots or did you want your own team? You probably wanted your own team. And here I am. I want to give you 32 teams. And I, nobody wants to take yeah. them. No, I think first of all, first of all, no, no disrespect to Jenna. She, she's a lovely lady. Sure. There are fields there. Like there is, there is a place that we can find a hundred flat yards. Like that's not going to be an issue. I also think there's something kind of romantic about, I don't know, like, you know, put together, put together a field mm -hmm. on dirt and just like, let them go for it. You know, if you're not going to have fans anyway, who needs a stadium? Like we mm -hmm. just need, we need the football and we need a place for camera crews to set up so that everyone can watch and bet and lose all their money. Like, that's really what we're talking about here. So I think it's totally possible. Uh, I think that we should. I'm tempted to drive up there this weekend. I'm not really? going to lie. I'm tempted. I'm tempted to go scout it out, like find, bring a bring one of those level, you know, those things with the green yeah. liquid on the middle. Yeah. F put it on the ground. See if it's flat Levelers. for a yeah, while. Yeah. Yeah, do that. Let, let's figure it out. Joel Solomon, I don't know if you're listening here, uh, a writer here overseeing. Well, I want to talk to a politician. We got to make a move here. We got. We need a, We need a, like a catchphrase, bubble or bust, or this season will rock, or bubble or nothing, or something like that. Let's really, let's make the movement happen this weekend. What do you say? I, I feel bad. You, you, call, you called me last night all fired up telling me I had to call a politician <laughs> and, you know, get on the town council meeting. And, uh, I mean, Sal, you know what I said, right? You, you uh, I can't effing, remember. You, you said a lot. You gotta be effing kidding me. You gotta be effing kidding me is what I said. But I am not they, kidding I'm, you. This is a no jive zone. Bubble rock is a no jive zone. Let's get there. We got to get there. You're, you're right. I'm going to talk to we. <laughs> All right, we have our friend Jeff Schwartz. He's waiting to come in. Let's invite him in here. Oh, I was hoping it was Susan Collins to express concern <laughs> about uh, about the 2020 NFL season. She, she's Look she's very this. concerned about it. <laughs> Jeff, are you kidding me, man? He's on the beach. Hi, Jeff. We're talking about moving the NFL to Bubble Rock. The, the NFL needs a bubble. There's a place. Look, the kids are there. We want to move it to Bubble Rock, Maine. 
Would, would it work in a bubble, Jeff? We, we need this to work, and it's uh, I, I don't like it in its current form. Like, literally right now, they pick up and go to a bubble. Is that yes. what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think they can do it in their individual cities. I mean, look, Dallas, the Dallas players have said they're going to go to a bubble. They're going to go to the Omni Hotel, and, and that's a really nice hotel right there next to the facility. The Saints, yeah. right, are doing some sort of quarantine. So far, the NFL has done a great job with this, far better than any other league that really only had one other league, I guess, that's doing no bubble. I think they're going to bubble for the playoffs, though. I think that's actually a possibility. They're going to find a way to make sure that um, they get the mm. playoffs off and running, I think. I just It's too hard to just pick up and go. I feel like The Rock could make it happen with the XFL. Maybe they go to Vegas and just you know rent two hotels and make it happen. But I don't yeah. think people realize the amount of personnel it takes to make this happen. Like you, it, it's 150 plus personnel that all have to quarantine people that aren't getting paid like NFL players. They, you know, they want to see their families. They, they're not getting paid to basically be away from their families for five or six months. So that's the issue. It's all the other personnel. Uh, they can so you're home. saying that we can definitely make this happen up in Maine <laughs> is yes. what I'm hearing. I, I I'm kind of hearing big, that too. I, I'm a big fan of like looking up map stuff. So when I heard you guys talk about that, oh. I went and looked up that part of Maine just because I was born. You're it literally right. you're right, Charlie. There's literally nothing there. So I was like, yeah, maybe this will work. No one literally will be there, and they could just bubble all in, <laughs> in tents or or big or big or big yeah. yurts. So they could build a yurt farm up in Maine and just have you know this <laughs> glamping for NFL for the entire year. <laughs> I love it. I'd like it much better if you would deliver all your information, Jeff, with the hat up. I, I have a feeling you you look especially good in this. Uh, oh, oh yes. there we go. Much better. Much D-line camp. O-line camp. Beautiful. Much more yes. credible uh, like that. Yeah, he hit on something interesting there, everybody. I don't know if you noticed that. But, yes, The Rock did just buy his own professional league, Bubble Rock. Yeah. There's something there. You know, there, there's something. Oh. Oh. to explore around uh, we around get the rock idea. involved but jeff what i'm hearing is i feel like and you know i follow we we, we talk we text and you know I, I follow you on twitter i i, I think you're more co- confident a lot more confident than you were even a month ago in the league going forward right yeah because it seems they're doing their job i, like, I was worried about players just doing their own thing and, and we know that some of these some of these camps you're just going home at night like you normally would most of the time during training camp, you're at a hotel, you've gone away to a dorm, you don't see anybody. But players are mm-hmm. going home at night, not, not all teams, <laughs> and they're doing a good job of it. I mean, except the kid in Seattle who tried to sneak in a woman into the hotel room. Besides right. that, people are doing a good job, and their families are doing a good He's job. He's the only one, He's Jeff. Only- He's the only one, He's Jeff. Is that is that how that was your training camp experience? You went back, lights out, closed door. I'm not seeing anybody. You think all. Everybody at training camp was abiding by it's those a, rules every year that you were there. It depends on your your seniority how much you get punished for breaking those rules. Um, <laughs> you know, we had, but we had off nights. You just wait till the off night. I mean, that's like I, I, I mean, you can just wait right. two or three nights, like when you had off night, um, and to ruin your career. Yeah. He's never getting signed again. It's ridiculous. Why would he do that? But um, in yeah. the NBA, like how about the <laughs> NBA just allowing women into the bubble now? Like they were so strict for so long, and they're like, I just you can't do it anymore. We're going to let people right. in the bubble. Like it's going to be, that's not going to help them finish their season. I feel like Jeff is, I mean, he's got his wife putting lotion on the kids like three feet away. He can't be honest about this conversation right now. He can't, he can't, about past training camps. I appreciate the effort. Just blink twice and we'll, we'll figure out uh, what, what you really mean here. On video. Um, 
Now, here's the thing. By the way, this is a very, very, this is the most Jewish podcast right now going, sports, yes. right? Aside from aside from <laughs> Skip and Shannon, this has to be the most Jewish. <laughs> what do <are> we, <laughs> this is great with three and a half. Remember, this is terrific. But um, what did I want to ask you? College football. I don't know. We, we talk about how there's about 15 issues that we don't know how we should feel right now. And it doesn't make for a very strong podcast. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. We're just going to wait for someone to screw up and then we'll take the other side, you know, kind of thing. But college football, you, you have a pretty, you, you've been pretty consistent yes. on your thoughts of college football and how it should, obviously it affects you personally, a uh, big part of the PAC 12 yeah. and their movement and you do a lot of work for them and everything. Um, but you think it is an obstacle that should not be taken lightly. And I don't know, maybe this isn't the year to go forward. Look, I mean, obviously the Pac-12 and Big Ten thought otherwise. And I do think that in the end, other conferences, I mean, if you look at the ACC just yesterday, there were three separate stories, right? For a parent of a Florida State kid said that they're not testing at all. The Syracuse team refused to practice for the third time in like a week because they're not testing enough. They're, they're, they're testing every other week in Syracuse, every other week. And then Pittsburgh wow. uh, reportedly had to shut down because they have multiple positive tests. I mean, it's just, it doesn't seem to work, especially when kids, kids, kids come back on campus. Um, the Pac-12 mm. made sense more than just the football. If you look at the Pac-12, this is different than the Big Ten, who's still having intramural sports. Like, the Big Ten makes no sense to me. They're having kids on campus. At least nine schools out west aren't having kids on campus. The presidents of those schools mm -hmm. are not sports fans. Like, there's no surprise that when given the opportunity to avoid liability for something they don't really care about, they're going to, they're going to do it right. There are schools that are research schools. They're not there for athletics. They're in big metropolitan cities for the most part, you know, UCLA and USC don't play. It doesn't affect LA County at all. You look in the South, the big 10, uh, I mean the big 12, if, if you own college football in Tuscaloosa and Auburn and Norman, those are football cities. You're, you're, you're decimating the local economy, not have football. So there's other things that play besides just, can you play through COVID? So, yeah. Those things make sense for the, the Pac-12. The Big Ten, like I said, I don't know what they're doing. I mean, how can you have intramural sports at Michigan State but not play football? That doesn't. That makes no sense. That to me. is bizarre. That is bizarre. I just. I. I but. The, but the other side of it is, all you needed to do was watch um, Hard Knocks, and I. And I actually talked to one of the producers um, from Hard Knocks uh, a, a couple. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. It's the the peak of uh, my career and personal life. Um, the um, I, and he said it really. He felt like on some level, it it, it that 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 first episode at least, and maybe going forward, is sort of a public service video of of this is this is in 2020. If you forget football, if you are in any industry and you're going back to work, this is what it looks like. And when you're watching that, and and I mean, it makes you crazy. And I don't have OCD necessarily. It makes you crazy. Like, is it plausible that Mike Leach is going <laughs> to apply those standards for an SEC? I mean, it just seems like, well, that's that's not going to happen. I mean, like, so exactly. I, and, and now the three fifths of the of the Power Five. I, I mean, it seems like that's where the NFL is going to wind up. Do you imagine that there's some percentage of teams like the St. Louis Cardinals in baseball are just going to fall away? Like, yeah, they 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 missed two or three games. They're no longer viable for a for the playoffs. Now it's going to be who's left standing to even participate in January. Do you think it's like going to be that weird in NFL yes. season or college football? Yes, season? I do. And I think it depends on the region. You look at certain regions now, you can't go anywhere. Like you can't go, you can't get in trouble anywhere. If you're the Falcons, Georgia's like wide open. Hey, Georgia, you know, you do whatever you want in Georgia. 
Um, so every mm-hmm. city is going to be different. I think it's really going to matter, you know, who, and I think Joey Bosa said, said this best, he's like the healthiest team or the smartest team is going to win. And the team who's left standing at the end mm-hmm. is going to win. But you saw what the NFL facilities have gone through to make this happen. They've spent sure. $75 million on testing for two weeks. They're now going to test every day the rest of training camp. They've all spent money to, to, to basically, you know, redo their whole facilities. College football don't have, doesn't have that money. They're not spending the money to make all this happen. It's part of, I think, why they just shut down. And so um, it, it makes sense. You, you can't compare the sports. I know people want to compare them, but you just can't. But I do think, to your point, the NFL, you know, we might have one team play 14 games, one team play 13, you know, 27 play 16, and just it's a weird year. You just have to accept it's not going to be normal. It's interesting to me what what colleges seem to be willing to spend on and not spend on. Like I, I went to a very small liberal arts school, you know, maybe eighteen hundred kids total when I was there. And their plan right now, they've bought they've spent a, a ton of money on tests. They're testing every kid has to quarantine when they get back to school. Then they're testing them every two days. Then they're going to test them like twice a week, then then once a week. They're They're trying to make a bubble. And, you know, the president said he was like, I realize this is really expensive, but it's less expensive than shutting down the school for a year. And part right. of me wonders, you know, like I I don't see how it's possible to sequester kids when you have other, uh, you know, the players when you have other kids on campus. But um, it it does seem it does seem like if you want any chance of having any of this work, you've got to shell out for it because otherwise it's it oh, like yeah. that's the only tiny chance. You so have. is your school doing yeah. that for all the students or just for sports? All okay. the students. You know, I think Notre Dame. I, wow. I think Notre Dame. I saw was testing other students too. Um, you know, you're right though. It just depends on how much you're willing to pay for all this stuff, and, and it's affordable for you. You know, like I'll just speak to the Pac-12, you know, because I cover them the most. Um, like you can't even, even just state guidelines don't even allow you to do that. Like if you're a California school, you can't have people in your school. Like you can't even have a choice to make that right. happen, and that's part of why you can't play football as well because you can't have kids on campus. How can you expect them, you know, to actually to actually do that? And that's I mean the the, the issue is how much money do you want to spend to make this work? It doesn't feel like the schools want to spend it. It feels like they just hope it goes away. Like like someone keeps saying it's going to go away eventually. Yeah, I mean. Technically, it will go away at some point. I just it might be twenty five years right. from now. Who knows when it goes away? And they're just ignoring. I think the obvious it's going to happen fairly soon. But look, I would love for college football to play. I, I it's my job. I love it, but it doesn't seem realistic. You know, come in a September that we're playing football, especially with kids back on campus. I mean, I, I just it's going to be a wreck. I, I just I don't I don't I don't know. See, you you say you love football to come back, but I don't know. Really, you know a lot of yeah. people on Twitter say you hate football. You're ruining I against it. Am. I don't know. But clearly, <laughs> I, here, let me ask yeah. you though, though, this is so theoretically, right? Theoretically, and this is a lot of ifs, but theoretically, if a conference has students attending class, if a conference tests their players twice a week, if the test results are legit yeah. and they're not fudged by the, co- again, this is a lot of ifs and, and everything. Um, would you, would they have your blessing to go forward if they're not going to take the kids scholarships for sure. opting out and all that stuff? Yeah. I, I, yeah. they're my blessing going forward now. I mean, I, I want to watch, like I, I, I still want to watch. And it, look, my thing, I've said this before too. I think it's, I'm not an expert. I don't know if this myocarditis is that bad. I, I have no idea. I'm not, a, I'm just listening to doctors and see what they say. Obviously some doctors think it's bad and some don't. So, um, they have my blessing to play now, but I think the testing is the number one concern in my opinion sure. right now. And, you cannot guarantee that if you test on Thursday, it's back by Saturday right now. And that's part of the problem as well. So if the SEC, yeah. the ACC, the Big 12 can find a way to test, 
have those back very shortly. Maybe saliva testing is the way to go eventually. But yeah, go ahead and, and do it. But again, I think kids back on campus is a big thing no one's talking about. I mean, you have 85 to 100 football players on a team. Not everyone's going to do nothing. I mean, like, so you basically mm-hmm. have to say, hey, you cannot go out at all. You can't interact with anyone else. And you hope you stay healthy. If it goes undetected for one or two days in the building, it's going to spread like wildfire. So um, it's right. personal responsibility. And the pros, like, they get fined. If they're out doing what they're supposed to do, the team will fine them. And they'll be ostracized. And they get they get blamed by the media. And they get, you know, you, you, you know your teammates probably stare at you sideways the rest of your career. Coachable's not like that. There's no one really to hold them accountable if they go out and party. Yeah. Oh, we're so screwed. These people, these th- 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 there are a lot of people in sports media now, and for whatever reason, I, I the the math of it, I I can't put my finger on sincerely. But there are a lot of guys who were former BMOC quarterback types that are now in sports media. They're saying, "Let them play." You're, like, you're not a doctor, like yeah, you're not a doctor either, and that's the point. They went. How do I? Well, some doctors are saying that the, that the heart condition isn't that. So, yeah, it's yeah. exactly right. It is. It is in question right now. We don't know what's going on. Of course, I desperately <laughs> want college football at least as much as anybody listening to me right now. I love college football, mm. but I I also I, and I'm not trying to get up on Mount Pius and be uh, a better human being than anybody else. We don't know what's going yeah. to happen. So these people are saying, let them play. You don't know what the, neither do you. And if doctors are saying that you might have yeah. a long-term heart defect as the result of this, then what are we doing? Well, it's actually not even a long-term heart defect. It's sudden cardiac arrest. That, that's the problem. It's not like this. So they say, at least I've read, it does go away with rest, but it's, but it increases your chances of sudden cardiac arrest. If you're a bigger guy like me, obviously concern that that might happen if you get, COVID and, and you're asymptomatic. We don't know either. And they're going to start testing that as well. You know, it's interesting because mm. those people that you're talking about, experts say, listen to the players. They want to play. They want to play. But look, they don't want to sign liability waivers. What? They, 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 they don't <laughs> yeah. want to sign the liability waivers. You don't want to listen to players when, when they talk about getting paid more money or having COVID protocols in place. Like you only want to listen to the one tiny bit that they're talking about playing. Right. And also we have protections in place in sports, in college sports, because they're still kind of kids, right? Kids want to play through concussions too, but guess what? We have medical experts that have said you can't play through a concussion, so they sit down. Here in this case, medical experts have said in certain conferences they can't play. So you listen to them, and they don't play. Like the idea that now all of a sudden we want to listen to kids and empower them to make choices in college football mm-hmm. is really funny to me because they, they don't want to do all of it, right? Part of what Trevor Lawrence has put out is says we want to discuss representation moving forward right? Most people that have said, yeah, let them play, would disagree with that idea of forming a sort of trade association. So we're just picking and choosing what we want to listen to. And, and to your point about which doctor we want to listen to, we can do this all now, right? If you want to find someone to back up your point of view, who's a quote unquote expert, you can find that. It's very easy now. And yeah. it's, it really is troubling how that's our discussion now is we just find someone that we like, that person says it, okay, it must be true. Here's my argument. All right. So in conclusion, Charlotte and I, uh, we love college football. We'd love to see it played in a few weeks. And Dave and Jeff possibly never liked college football and don't care if it goes away forever. That's fair enough. We're split. Yeah. Nailed it. Absolutely. Okay. Firm rooter against college football. (laughs) Jeff, thanks for coming on. We'll let you get back to the beach. That seems like a lot more fun than than what we're doing. It's a good time. Do you have anything to plug? Do you have anything to plug? Oh, look at this. Everyone's all loose. Distance and tents. That's delightful. Six feet apart from tents. We're doing a good job. 
uh, my podcast. That's you know, Jeff Schwartz is smarter than you. Um, yeah, it's it's true. So just deal with it. And uh, <laughs> you can find it on iTunes and Spotify, Google Play, Google Podcast, everything. I don't know, somewhere. And Jeff, I'm afraid to say this, but Jeff, I'm not afraid. I'm excited to say Jeff and Dave are going to have yes. their own podcast on this network targeting the East Coast, right? Yes. Um, I don't know what I'm supposed to say. Like I, I maybe don't promote it too much because I, I made the, I, I promoted Charlotte being on the show and I think she was like uh, in the second trimester of being born. It wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't allowed to say anything, but this but is going to happen. There you are. It happened. I guess if I will, it to happen. It does. Jeff and Dave look for them for in a couple Wait, of weeks. Got Jeff it. is going to be on the show. I was told it was going to be <laughs> Jeff Schwartz's brother. It's, oh, okay. It, well, is he, so it's going to be Mitchell Schwartz's, Mitchell Schwartz's brother. brother. Okay. Yeah, I'll take All it. All right. It might be. I'll take it. Might I guess Mitchell be. Schwartz's brother is smarter than you. All right. That's exactly right. Please. No, it, it, and, and also good news for everybody who uh, is uh, is uh, any longtime fan of uh, the DDFP. Uh, Eddie Spaghetti is yes. going to be making the journey oh, over yeah. there with us. So it's going to be a grand time with uh, Schwartz. In the meantime, Schwartz, though, try not to uh, pancake any more. Um, Cheers. You know, beach chairs or anything. Yeah, yeah what happened? You, you broke a one. chair? Yeah, my, my wife's ordered these chairs. She goes, they're heavy duty. I was like, they are not heavy duty chairs. And literally three minutes later, the frame was bent. Like, no lie. Three minutes later, frame just completely shattered in half. It's, it's yeah. symbolic of 2020. It really is. Right. Her, yeah, you it's, your, it's your wife's fault for you being 380 pounds. Yes, oh, it is. She, she feeds me. That's her fault. She's the enabler. Her, her husband is heavier duty than the chairs, unfortunately. Well, Jeff, thanks for coming on. Enjoy the beach, for God's sakes. And we'll talk right. to you soon. Thank you, guys. All right. I love Bye, that Jeff. guy. He's terrific. Um, uh, he got me feeling good about the NFL and not so good about college. So I guess that's uh, we'll take what we can get. Now, here's the deal. Best bets Friday. Charlotte undefeated. Hit a par. No, not a parlay. She had two teams. She had the Celtics and the over. She's like, I want to keep them separate. We kept them separate. Well, no. She if won. I knew how, if I knew what a parlay was before yeah. I before I made the bet, I could, right. I could have done it. I didn't know that was a thing. That's fine. That's fine. Winner's a winner, and you had two of them. And we're gonna go to you first. Um, there's a few things on the ledger this weekend. Like I said, the Memphis Portland game one is tomorrow. Are you targeting that one? I am. Yeah, I know it's it's not terribly um, adventurous. And I, I, I do. Honestly, I prefer to bet the underdog. But in this case, um, I'm I'm going pretty, pretty firm with with uh, the Blazers. So I want to mm. take the Blazers at minus seven over the over the Grizzlies. All right. Dame's just you heard gonna... it here first. <laughs> what do you like? You like Dame Lillard? Is that the guy? Uh, Who? <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, I do, and I and I I just think that they've been more impressive than the Grizzlies in general. So I'm right. just gonna go with my gut. He go he goes for 40, 50, 60. It doesn't matter. Why wouldn't you uh, take him laying seven against Memphis in the first game Saturday? All right, Dave, can you top that? You know, some sports really things break right. The sports gods smile on it, and I feel like that's what's happened with the with the NBA here. All mm -hmm. the obsession with how do we get Zion and company deep into this thing so we get him against LeBron, and now look at how it's broken anyway. Right. Ja versus Dame is is uh, is pretty fun by itself. And by the way, we'll get into it next week. Clippers, I mean, look at the path they have as the two seed. If they were to wind up in the finals, if they can run that gauntlet, anyhow, the other side of the coin is what's happening in the NHL. You had this potential all-time um, juggernaut-laden 
side of the bracket in the Wales conference. And now all these underdogs are picking off all the heavyweights. The Flyers, as I told you, were the, the one team that was going to break through. They're going to dispatch, continue to dispatch the Blue Blanque Rouge. The Bruins, though, the teams oh. are good, but the Bruins were the best team in hockey. I'm, I am laying, I am setting a marker for a return to normalcy, for a return to, to like, it matters what happened over the course of the regular season, even if it was half a year ago. Bruins plus 230, they're, they're given a goal and a half on Ooh. Saturday. I think they get it done, and, and it indicates, all right, no more jive. We can't keep having these bum teams ruin our tournament. We're going to have the Bruins, and the big bad Bruins are going to survive this, and they're going to get to play the Flyers, and we're going to see a decent series here well, for the NHL. I don't know a bigger hockey fan than Dave Damashek, but yes, it, it, the, the crud teams can ruin the tournament. They often do ruin the tournament, but I do like your Bruins bet. Given a goal and a half, here's what's great about hockey. You know, baseball, you could bet a pitcher or whatever laying a run and a half, and it's weird because... You know, if it's not a home team, you're not, if it's a home team, you're not going to bat nine times. Here's the thing about the puck and a half empty net goals happen all the time, all the time. So all you need to be Dave is up one with two and a half minutes left or so. And you're in it to win it. So. And what an exciting couple of minutes you've set yourself up for Bruins by one. Are they going to pull the goal? He's out. He's I mean, that, that'll That's be it. electric stuff. Yeah. Uh, I'm going Cormier steep the trilogy, the third fight, the rubber match. Of great one one of the greatest combat sport trilogies of all time. This is going to be good. Cormier knocked him out the first time. Stipe stopped Cormier, even though it was, Cormier was winning on the cards in the fourth round, a TKO. I think it's Daniel Cormier gets his revenge. 41-year-old wins, tires him down, significant strikes. It's going to be a, a bloodbath, but he's going to take him out. In the second round, I sat next to Daniel Cormier. We got makeup together. And it's very strange when a man next to you is getting his uh, uh, rouge put on. And then he said, he's talking about how he's going to kill his opponent. Very, very strange. But I, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think he will kill them. I think Cormier will win. It's minus 110. This has not moved off the uh, even odd spectrum. And the whole week, two weeks, it's just, this has been uh, promoted for months. I like Cormier over Stipe, minus 110. And we're going to check out. And by the way, this is the last of the bets that don't mean anything. For now on, we're, the, the stakes are tattoos, maybe a new tattoo every week. Can you imagine if someone has to get a new tattoo every week? What would that no. look like? No? <laughs> no. I can't imagine that. Well, It'll it doesn't matter if you can imagine it. You're going to see it, Charlotte. You're going to see it all the way gonna, down well, your we're arm. We're going to have to. You can't go to a tattoo parlor, so we're going to have to like give ourselves our stick and poke. Yeah, like, how hard can it be? Know. We'll figure it out. It can't be that hard. I mean, look at these yeah. people. Uh, all right, Charlotte, what's going on for the weekend? Big plans? Uh, <clears throat> big plans. No, I've got a few a few interviews for some stories um, that I'm kind of excited about, uh, nice. which I'll plug next week. Uh, I, I wrote something like all the dumb non-basketball stuff that happened in the bubble uh mm -hmm. over the past week that's on the fox sports app and uh yeah you know i might just have to drive up to acadia i might have to go check out bubble rock i'll keep you guys posted yeah we're gonna have more information on that next week we gotta we're gonna really make our move and we have a t-shirt on the horizon we have a lot of good things going you're at the wilder things right on twitter yes sir all right dave what do you got? Yeah, follow along at Damashek as uh, probably the best place to do that. And we're going to, this weekend, it's uh, Hoover Damashek's sixth birthday. So Hoover now that he's riding a bike, we're going to do um, that. Actually, uh, your cousin came up with that uh, with that name. Hoover Damashek? Yeah. Hoover Damashek. <laughs> you got you to gotta do it. Um, 
He he told me, and I I, I did it. So uh, no, but uh, uh, we're having a Spider Man sushi birthday party with uh, Ooh, with just the family. Yeah, fun. He, loves, he loves sushi. He he doesn't eat any kind of meat. Doesn't eat cow. Doesn't eat swine. But he he somehow started eating. He didn't know what sushi was made out of. He he does not know, and I hope he never finds Don't out tell that him. it's fish. He doesn't know it's fish. No, and what I. What does will, he think I, it is, Dave? I, I will. I will send you. I don't know what he thinks it is, but he he legitimately is like a bear in the in the river catching salmon. He just takes pieces of sashimi and uh, of salmon and just like Wah! it's disgusting it. to watch. He just Wah! gnaws it like that. He's like, I do. I would never eat fish. Fish is that is gross. Like more sushi, please. <laughs> So anyway, we're going to have a Spider-Man sushi party. All right. Yeah. Well, happy birthday, family. Hooper, Hoover Damashek. I love it. Uh, what do I have to say? Nothing. Just subscribe to all these podcasts. We have Laugh Lines with Rachel Benetta. We have Against All Odds. We're going to be adding podcasts the next couple of weeks. God willing, pro football will come back. And obviously this one, I'm enjoying it with Charlotte and Dave. You're at... At Damashek, right? Wait, what is it? At Damashek. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's right. it. That's right. All right. That's so now, I wish episode. I could just be at Wilder. That's so good. Could you do it? Oh, no. Who's got that? Let's figure I don't know. Out. I'm going to go look. I'll report back. All right. I'm going to buy that for you for Christmas at Wilder. Oh, my gosh. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. It's too complicated otherwise. That's another episode of Extra Points. Come back. Spend time with us on Monday. Until then, for Dave Damashek, Charlotte Wilder, Jeff Schwartz, I'm Sal, reminding you that even though you may feel like an underdog, please know you're all my favorites.